3: balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 ESPN yes yes
2: yes yes I'm buying time with yeses because I'm texting it's professional. <laughs> it was
1: you wouldn't have you got fooled me. No, nah, it.
2: it's how talented I am. Uh, your thoughts on how talented I am. Six five seven eight zero. Let's open up Pandora's box right out of the gate. Yeah. Air Comfort Service Text Line. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you here on the show. Uh, yeah, they let us swim in the adult pool for uh, sixty minutes. Matt Rocchio is coming back into the studio. He must have a take he wants to share. Yeah. Feel free.
1: Leftover take.
2: Yeah. <laughs> leftover take. Warm up your leftover <laughs> take. It's a hack. Say there it is. Mozilla's <laughs> a hack. It just came in. Six five seven eight zero. That's how you can text in. I say leave a mic drop, Rhino Shield mic drop. Yeah. People say they do. Jackson doesn't play them. Futile. Yep. It's just uh, I say it. That's what I do, and uh, if you would like to podcast the program, it's the Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers podcast, and if you uh, download the 101 ESPN app, it's there for you. So there, enjoy it. Uh, balloon party is filled with nauseous hot air. That's from the 314. I opened the gate. Right. I opened the gate. I think the word you're looking for is naucous.
1: Is that right?
2: I don't, I mean, I read what's in the teleprompter. Naucous you put Cass? it in the teleprompter, Ron's going to read it, you know that.
1: Right. Stay classy, San Diego.
2: Thank you very much, Jackson. What's on your mind today? What's going on with you? I know what's really on your mind. Are you going to say it?
1: Yeah. Um, game three, game of peace. There it two is. games, a game of peace. Got to see how the Celtics react. That's really all I'm worried about. That's all
2: you're focused on today. What Pretty about much. Corey Kluber on the mound for the Rays? The Cardinals try and take down a team that they just might see in the World Series.
1: Wow, that would be that would be an interesting series if you had to go spend
0: more time at, at the TROP. Yep. Uh, TROP City, baby. TROP City, baby. We guess down, baby. For the crown, baby.
1: I'm not too worried about Klubzy.
0: You
1: know, there's 162 games. You're going to lose some, you're going to win some. Wow. It's, it's a wow. scalding they,
2: hot they need to give you your own hour. I've decided.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, I would just breeze right past that. <laughs> uh, do, you agree with, do you agree with Jackson's
2: uh, take there? I mean, it was powerful. Yeah, it was eye-opening. It's tough to lose that battle. I, in the uh, in the in the in the 45 second podcast, Randy Carricker and I do when he's walking out and uh, I'm walking in. So, what was the topic on Carricker and Smallman this morning? He said, "Yeah, you know, we talked about the game last night, and you know, it was one you really couldn't fault Dolly Marmol for. It was uh, managerial decisions that were kind of set in stone at two o'clock because of." Uh, Gallegos and Helsley with the uh, the double header over the weekend. You knew they couldn't last long, and so that was the plan going in. Then you kind of got stuck. You got Drew Verhagen in there. They almost got one though, and that would be I, that would fall in the category. Sometimes you're going to give them away. Sometimes you're gonna steal them. Oh. That would have fallen in the category of a steal and again against a good ball club. My skepticism on the Cardinals in the first month and a half of the season was, yeah, they were winning games, but then you lined them up against teams that had winning records, and they were below 500. Well, you go and you sweep the Padres last week, and then you take game one against the Rays. That's impressive. That's impressive. And certainly it's a different makeup of the roster than it was at the start of the season. You have Gorman up. You have Pez up. But you also have lost some guys. O'Neill back yesterday— so to get those kinds of wins, those would fall into the category of quality wins, although this is not uh, college football, and so you do not have uh, it mattering. All that matters is, is when and, and how many you tally up. But that would have been a nice win, and you're one strike away. And then yard work from a guy who I think was hitting about a buck fifty. Taylor Walls, down the right field line, off the foul pole, fair pole, depending on what you call it, and one that the Cardinals— looked like they were going to steal, uh, get stolen right out from under them, one strike away from what looked like a win. And Jim Edmonds on the broadcast was saying, Dan McLaughlin looks like he's throwing a change-up there. And and he was kind of confused by it, and then Verrigan said after the game he went back to the change-up, and that's what Walls hit out. And he said he just didn't have it. So... Don't know why he went back to it, but he did, and it got yanked down the line, and it was gone, and that'll wrap it up. So now the Cardinals will have to win two in a row to get back to where they were one strike from last night if they would have been able to beat the Rays. Corey Kluber on the mound, as made reference to at the outset of your show today, 65780, your thoughts on the festivities last night, anything that bother you in particular Looking from a big-picture standpoint, I like what is going on. I liked Dakota Hudson's performance. I understood the situation that you couldn't go longer with Gallegos and Helsley, and so that's just kind of the spot that you're in. That's a good baseball team. The atmosphere does not uh, mimic the quality of the team that it is, and I think the reason why you had most of the fans there, Cardinal fans, last night is because most of the fans in the Tampa area were locked in on the Rangers and the Lightning and Patty Maroon, who got yeah. a goal last night to start the festivities against the Broadway Blue Shirts. And now Patty Maroon and the Lightning are two wins away from going back to the Stanley Cup final as that series is tied up at two. Are you pulling for the Lightning? Yeah, Are you even course. acknowledging that the series is existing?
1: I acknowledge its existence, and I am pulling for the Lightning and Patty Maroon. Do you know Patty Maroon? Have you met Patty Maroon? Not met him. Big fan of his uh, his work both on and off His hijinks? Yes. Yeah. He seems like a... A guy I would get along with real well.
2: I want to see him beat the Rangers, but I really want to see him beat the Avalanche. Yeah,
1: that'd be perfect.
2: I really want to see him beat the Avalanche. And, uh, you know, from a wagering standpoint, I didn't look up the number. Maybe some of the degenerates in our audience would have this number. I wonder what the series price was to bet the Lightning when they were down 2-0 against the Rangers. I do recall in the program when they were down three games to two against the Leafs in the first round saying, man, the Lightning at plus 275 strikes me as a really nice play. And I've been wrong on plenty of things. So, you know, let's make sure I acknowledge that. Uh, but the Rangers being up 2-0, that, that wasn't, you know, going back to Tampa, that felt like that would still have, and I'm sure the, the Lightning were pretty substantial Underdogs, so you could have gotten paid handsomely on that. Got to go to Madison Square Garden now, and then see if they can win it in Tampa in six. Otherwise, this thing would go to seven, unless somehow New York is able to win the next two. But Patty Maroon could get his name on the chalice four straight years with two different teams.
1: Unreal. No, it's unreal. That's really awesome. Uh, Yeah, somebody texted in. What about the Arenado play? Ridiculous. God. That was one of the better plays I've seen in a long time.
2: And I think so much of it was... Now, he said he practices that play. I don't know really how you could practice it. Seriously. It reminds me of, like, the stuff we would do growing up in, in South City in the 80s with Ozzie Smith, and you're just automatically diving for everything because you wanted to, to mimic yeah. Ozzie Smith, and so you practice that way. Well, uh, with this... He's going toward first base. There's nobody covering first base. So in a split second, he has to then in the air, get the ball to third base and get momentum behind the ball. And that's what Dan and uh, Edmonds were saying last night on the broadcast, that that he was able to get something on that ball while turning in the air as Paul Goldschmidt said following the game, I think we kind of take it for granted because he makes those kinds of plays all the time. But I don't know if there's anybody else in the game of baseball who could make that play.
1: Right. And when watching it, like to what you're saying, when he noticed that there's no one covering first, it didn't you couldn't if you didn't hear that, you wouldn't know. You would think that he was going to third the whole time. The right. way he makes it look so smooth and gets some behind it and the jump he got on the bunt, too, was very impressive. He is just yeah, you're right. I think we we as Cardinal fans take it for granted how good he is and how easy he makes plays like that look. It
2: was a really well-executed play, if you want to get into the nerdiness of the game and the bunt, and I'm more than happy to do that since I'm full-on nerd, that uh, that's a bunt. And Edmund said it in the broadcast, and then Arnato said it after the game as well, that that is a, a a bunt that if you're at Bush Stadium, for example, there's no play because the grass is going to slow it down. But yeah. on turf, it was able to get to him and then kind of pop up. And he was able to make that play, but that doesn't take anything away from the just athleticism to be able to make that play, but also the baseball instincts to be able to make that play. That is a hell of a play. It's the kind of play that it's, it's you're not gonna you're probably not going to see it like you're gonna see the Ankeel throws at Coors Field, but it but it's the kind of play that I'm sure the base runner got to third base and goes, how in the hell? How'd that happen? Right, uh, and I remember one of the guys at Coors Field on the Rockies who got gunned down by Ankele. Looking back, like,
1: what? <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, yeah, it's well, crazy. Bo Jackson would would throw somebody out, and the yeah, guys, I think right. Harold Reynolds was the guy actually Rifle. that he threw out. He's yeah. just going, well, how? I mean, <laughs> and you're embarrassed. Yeah, if anything, a bad beat on it, and it kind of flies under the radar because you have the Arenado play, and you have the Cardinals losing on the walk off. Um, is that Goldschmidt was barely thrown out? And I hate when I see a base runner heading from third to home and looking back toward the outfield. I know it may not matter from a speed standpoint, but when I see it, I'm like, ah, if it's a close play. I feel like he cost himself a split second, and it was a split second difference. Uh, I think they did review that just because, why not? And uh, he was out, but that's a two-run game. Maybe it changes things. Maybe it changes things the way that the the Rays play that inning. I don't know, but... uh, that would have been a hell of a win. As many people are texting in, they're not too upset about it because A, it's a good team, and B, uh, there are a lot of things from that game that you can take away and like. Like I said, I think probably the biggest thing is Dakota Hudson. Yeah. Um, and as sure. far as a highlight reel goes, you have Nolan Arnado doing what, what he does. Uh, we will allow you to get involved with the conversation anytime you want. We encourage it. Six five seven eight zero is the best way to do it because Jackson will not play your mic drops. You Bingo. can leave them. You yep. can leave them. No but uh, they won't be playing. No. Rhino Shield, mic drops. Jackson submits questions every day. I do. And I like them. Thank you. And the question you posed today regards uh, a former rival of the Cardinals, now with the Angels. And, well, he was up until about 20 hours ago, and that's Joe Madden. And the question you ask, from your perspective, when does an organization know it's the right time for a manager slash coach to go, and what are your thoughts on letting a coach go in the middle of the season? How much of a say does veteran leadership On the team, have in these decisions. Well, here in St. Louis, we've seen it work really well and we've seen it go really poorly, and it's all happened here within the last decade. We will talk about that coming up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
3: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. 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 Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan sitting across from me, looking out the window, fantasizing about just, the Celtics and their white jerseys.
1: I'm just glad the rain stopped. Oh, my God. This morning, Tim.
2: Wow. Sounds like you've got a, a burr in your saddle.
1: It was it was Little like Harvard. What's going on? It's like a monsoon on for the westbound this morning. That's about, about five. Do you only
2: travel on 40?
1: Yeah. I I'm, I live closer to forty four. I'd say no, thank you. Uh, I, go six, five, seven, eight, zero, I go right in. down to six five seven eight zero. Right down to forty, but it was, it was monsooning out this morning. I couldn't see a f- ten feet in front of me. Is that right? I was going ten miles per hour for most of my drive in today, mm. and I was hydroplaning all the way up 270. It was some of the worst rain I've ever driven through.
2: Uh, the uh... The weather now looks beautiful to the south, but it was raining. I didn't know it was raining that hard when you were driving in.
1: And Darren, our board up on TMA, took him an hour to get in this morning. Is that
2: right? Was it an accident? What was going on? There
1: was people pulled over, and you could only go like 10 miles per hour with this rain. It was crazy. So it's good to see that it's nice out now.
2: How about that? Uh, Action Jackson's weather report uh, yeah, is unsponsored, so if you want to sponsor yeah. it, 65780. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Air Comfort Service text line is open for your conversation with the show. Uh, please stop making MLB equal to South City YMCA League games. There are no good losses. A loss is a loss, Period. That's from the 314. It's not raining, idiot. That's from the 636. Thanks. And no, no. we are under Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I got that. Picked up on that because I have eyeballs.
0: Oh,
2: Jackson, he's showing exposure to the texters today. He's vulnerable. If you fire an uppercut, <laughs> you might be able to knock him out. You have 40 minutes to do it. You might be able to get him today.
1: Turn the computer off. Yeah, those are two bad texts back-to-back, so... Uh... <laughs> You are just turning like, it off. I' are just, oh, you're just going to Wikipedia, I see. I'm, I'm just All looking right. at the 93 Stanley Cup final here. Last time Canada won, I think. Uh,
2: Jackson giving his thoughts on the Stanley Cup final. All right. Joe Maddon fired yesterday. Kind of came out of nowhere. Joe Maddon definitely thought it came out of nowhere. He did an exclusive interview with Ken Rosenthal. Uh, and he said, uh, yeah, uh, when he was asked, are you surprised? A little bit. Actually, a lot. You always rely on people in charge to read the tea leaves properly. This time, they did not. You don't even have to ask me. You can ask any of the players or coaches. They're the ones who really know. Uh, He's talking about the GM was in a tough spot. I understand that. Let me just put it that way. I would really rely on the sentiments of the coaches and the players. And Rosenthal says, you believe obviously they are with you. And he said... 100%. Did you believe that the GM was not with you? I can't say that. I thought he and I were working really well together. It's his first time through it. I was trying to be as helpful as I could. That's the best way I can describe it. But the work among the group, my conversations with the group, coaches and players, could not have been better. Going through a tough time like we were right now, everybody does. It was just exacerbated. Obviously, 12 straight losses is no fun for anybody, but there are people who get it who can easily see why. It's not to point the finger at just one particular person we just needed to get the guys back on track at a couple of wins, get the mojo going again. But we didn't get that opportunity. So Madden out. Kind of came out of nowhere. If you were in a uh, managerial firing pool, you probably could have gotten good numbers on, yeah. on Joe Madden. For I don't sure. think people saw that coming, especially the Angels were off to one of the best starts in baseball just two weeks ago. But mm-hmm. then they lost uh, 12 straight games. So... This, this I was reading uh, Buster Olney's story, and I know he was a guest on BK and Ferrario yesterday, and he was writing about it, and He said this had actually been building up over the year, over the last year, and he was the biggest lame duck going into the season. Madden was. I don't right. know how many people are aware of that. The, the Angels, while they have one of the best players in the game, they've just been garbage, really, for most of the last decade. Good season in 2014. I think they were swept by the Royals, if I'm not mistaken, in 2014. But anyway... Uh, this this now leads to the question that Jackson sent my way for his questions uh, for Balloon Party, and I liked it because it gets things going here with some St. Louis topics, and that is the Angels of Fire. Joe Madden amid their 12-game losing streak, now 13. From your perspective, when does an organization know it's the right time for a manager slash coach to go? What are your thoughts on letting a coach go in the middle of the season? How much of a say does veteran leadership on the team have in these decisions? A lot of questions there. Um, over the last decade, well, let's go back to 2011, just for the sake of the discussion, because you have Mike Matheny in there is replacing La Russa, not that La Russa was fired. You have Matheny fired, replaced by Schilt. Mm-hmm. You have Schilt fired, replaced by Marmol. Um, with the Blues, I mean, if you're going back, you have, and this would be well beyond a decade, but you'd have Payne, you call him Hair Davis Payne. Hair Davis Payne, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Andy Murray... Ken Hitchcock, Mike Yo, and then Craig Berube. So one of the greatest examples of making a change and it working out is Mike Yo terminated. Yeah. Craig Berube comes along, hoists the chalice six months later. So right. there you go. Uh, the Cardinals did mount a comeback in the second half of the season after Mike Matheny was fired in 2018 with Mike Schilt, mm-hmm. and really had a bad uh, final couple weeks of the season. Otherwise, they would have been in the playoffs in 2018 in a season in which they made a change right before the All-Star break. If memory serves, it was the Saturday night before the All-Star break when Mike Matheny was fired. In specific the Matheny case, I had him on my podcast, long conversation, really good conversation with, uh, with Matheny, who I, I know, I don't want to say like we're super close, but we have a rapport, and he was pretty candid in that conversation. And he was aware of what the talk was going into 2018. And if you can take yourself back four years, it was that if the Cardinals don't get it going, he is going to be done. I know there are a good number of Cardinal fans. I'm not talking about like 5%. I think a healthy number of Cardinal fans who feel like if Tony La Russa was managing in 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2015, the Cardinals already have their 12th world championship. Take your pick of whichever team you would want to list, but that they left one on the table and some of it was managerial decisions. Sure. So he is under the microscope in 2018. It's kind of messing around and not off to the start they needed, and he is gone uh, before the All-Star break in 2018. The Cardinals nearly got it going. With regards to Yo and Baruby, I feel like hockey and NBA are the ones that go through coaches— Way more so than right. anybody else. Former right. Missouri coach Quinn Snyder stepped down from the Utah Jazz a couple of nights ago. They really didn't want him to. Um, and I think he was the third longest tenured coach in yeah. the NBA and he'd only seasons. been there eight seasons.
1: Right. Uh, crazy pop would be longer Don pop and then it, Kerr, at, uh, Steve Kerr, 2014.
2: That, that's correct. 14, yeah. So that's, that's, that gives you an idea of how quick to see Madden and Girardi, two of the bigger names, yeah both of who have, whom have won world championships, yep. Girardi in 2009 with the Yankees and Madden, of course, with the Cubs in 2016, get terminated. Uh, that is, that's not something I think people were, were expecting at this point in the season, especially considering the start that the Angels were off to. So then the question you ask, Jackson, is when is the right time? The reality is, and this is something that Jim Edmonds used to say when we would do a show together and it would always, and I, I'm friends with Edmonds, uh, so this isn't like a shot thing, to be completely clear. But I also would be like, God, he's exactly right. It would kill the discussion, uh-huh. but it would be exactly right. And the reason it would kill the discussion is because it was truthful, but there's nothing you can do with it. He goes, well, you know, we don't really know because we're not in the clubhouse, so we don't know what's going on. And I go, God, you're right, but what do we say once you say that? <laughs> because that's the truth. Right. Now, Madden saying that he believes that his coaches and players were with him 100% conveys in a roundabout way that the GM or Artie Moreno, he of the Albert Pujols, Josh Hamilton contracts, uh, was the one responsible for his termination. I think the, the element of the question of when is it right, when is it wrong— Is one that it's to be honest with with an audience, you don't you truthfully don't know because of the thing that Edmonds would say. You're not in there. Exactly. Yep. Um, you don't know circumstances. From my standpoint, a good manager, a good coach isn't going to reveal the things that are going on in the clubhouse to perhaps help explain, whether it be health, physical, or mental, uh, of his team to the media because then you lose the trust of your guys if you're taking things that are inside the room out to the room and making excuses. It's just the reality of the spot. So you really are in a tough spot on those things. I feel like this. I think oftentimes coaches and managers, in particular over, let's just say, starting with 2010, I'm just arbitrarily picking something, because of two reasons they get let go too quickly. Number one, social media. hmm it becomes in vogue to just blame the manager, blame the general manager if the manager or coach has been let go recently and you know it's like last night if I mean maybe you are upset with Ali Mormal. I don't know if you are maybe you didn't know Cabrera's situation and uh. Um, Halsey's situation, or Gallego's situation, that they were not available, or they were not available to go deeper into the game. Because Doug, at the outset of TMA today, was yeah. saying, I just wish they would have stayed in. I said, yeah, I agree what you're saying. The thing is that that Marmel said they were only pitching an inning, and we knew that going in. And as a matter of fact, I think uh, one of them is not available today. They already know that. Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do about it. So you now you got Drew Verhagen losing a game for you, and it's not exactly the spot you want to be in. So there's that. That the social media thing can pile up, and then a byproduct of that is that organizations will see an opportunity for a pop in revenue with regards to attendance by making a change and then selling a whole new era. Yep. And it may not be in the best interest of the team or, in the case of college football or college basketball, the program. Um, if, if a coach in college football or college basketball and in particular football gets sideways with the boosters and to me Auburn is one of the great examples of this Tennessee has been a dumpster fire with their coaches ever since Phil Fulmer left or was fired actually 15 years ago that you get now have guys who really aren't involved but have the money and then they control it and if you don't get along with them you're out yeah and so whether and right now, people, I think Eli Drinkwitz has a really high approval rating with Missouri football fans. Uh-huh. So he is safe, even though they really haven't done anything on the field in his tenure. Right. Uh, he has equity. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, um, You take a look at Auburn, and that's in chaos, and that was after one season with Brian Harsin. So it depends on the situation with regards to boosters in college sports, but I feel like you've got to give a coach in college football in particular at least three seasons unless all hell's breaking loose from a program standpoint and guys are just miserable there, and it's because of the way he runs the program. What are your thoughts on how quickly coaches and managers get let go? Right. So in 2022, it, because it's a lot quicker now than it was yeah. two decades ago.
1: And I'm certainly on the longer leash side. And different sports are call for different things. Like you said with college football, three to four years, because that's about the time where your recruits that you've worked on have come in and now are a little older and ready to go, especially when you're bringing in guys who are 18 compared to when they're 21, that's going to be way different. Uh, and then baseball, it's really tough because my philosophy on baseball has always been like the manager does a lot when it comes to bullpen moves and you know how they manage the game. But other than that, these guys have been playing baseball since they were kids. They know how to field. They know how to hit. If they don't, it's on them. So I understand being a little quicker on the leash with baseball because the culture that the, a manager can create is more important per se than – sometimes the on-field performance, and those work hand-in-hand. Hand. So quicker with something like baseball uh, and basketball, too, because culture can be a big deal with that. You see that with the Celtics now. This is Adoka's first year with the Celtics. Um, football, I'd say, especially college football, a little bit longer leash.
2: Tim, Pinkle is a prime example that it takes time. You're exactly right. Gary Pinkle might not have lasted past his third, fourth year in Columbia if— uh, if he were coaching starting in 2019, for example. You know, it took time. They had yeah. a big win against Nebraska in 2003, which was his third year, but it then it then took steps backwards, and then it got going. It got going in 2006, and obviously for Missouri fans, 2007 is held in, in the highest of esteem as they were a win away from playing for the national championship got to number one in the country. And I think that's why, and I don't, I just, in general... And maybe this is a flaw on my part. In general, when I see a mob going after people, mm-hmm. my mission is to go against the mob. Right. And so when I see a mob going after a coach, for example, um, I'm going well, to hold on a second. Let me see where we are in it. Because anytime people are just tweeting and they just want to get likes to fill voids in their lives, I go, okay, well, what is the substance behind it? And so the Angels get in a spot where they've lost 12 in a row, but the, the the foundation was laid for the Madden thing. I wonder if long-term, I know Phil Nevin is going to get the job in the interim, if Mike Schilt would be in the mix for that
1: spot. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting. Kind of, he's kind of been waiting in oh, the yeah. wings for a good spot to open well, I up. would
2: imagine he will – this time next year he'll be a manager. But oh, I wonder if this time – you know, in two months if he'll be a manager. That's a good
1: thought. That's interesting.
2: And, you know, that's a team that did start off super hot, but they've now lost 13 in a row after they lost last night to the Red Sox, and they were shut out CGSHO from Michael Waka two nights ago. How about right. that? I've Michael Wacca, <laughs> complete coming complete game shut out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you have a generational talent like Otani and then obviously still Trout, got to be doing a little bit better so you get it.
2: Uh, Tim, should St. Louis U. High have fired Gary Kornfeld for cutting you? That's a great question. It's the one that's on everybody's mind. Uh, Now, you may know Gary Kornfeld as the head coach of the football team for a number of years. What this uh, texter is talking about is getting cut from the freshman basketball team. And, yeah, I think that one still keeps him up at night if if we're going to be— yeah. Candid, because I grew to be 6 foot 4.
1: Yep. With yeah.
2: with the step stool.
1: In freshman year too. It was a crazy growth spurt. <laughs> yes. It was
2: an aggressive growth spurt. November
1: to March. <laughs>
2: uh the Angels have been underemphasizing pitching for years. That's their real problem. I could not agree more. When that thing happened with Pujols and Hamilton after the 2011 season, I'm just like I mean that's great, but how are you going to get guys out?
1: Yeah. Out. Yeah. It's
2: it's it, that's They they got C.J. Wilson as well, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he pitched for the Rangers in the World Series, but it's not like he's, you know, Halliday of the 2011 Phillies. He's C.J. Wilson. He's fine. You guys got—you can have all the offense in the world. You don't have pitch, and you're not going to do anything, and they didn't do anything. They have wasted a Hall of Famer's career there, Yep. and, you know, you can fire Joe Madden and not like him here because he was the manager of the Cubs and whatever, but— you know, I think I think the problems go well beyond Joe Madden with that particular organization. I'm not sitting here pontificating on the LA Angels. What I'm talking about is applying coaches getting whacked, managers getting whacked too early. And that is why, even if it goes sideways for Eli Drinkwitz this year, and I think I saw Gabe Diarman to Power Mizzou saying they gotta win. I think he said seven games this year yep. in order to show that it's making progress. Yep. That might not happen based on their schedule, right. you know, right. and and also I don't really know who's going to be a quarterback, <laughs> who's considering... slinging the ball. And there was a guy by the name of uh, Beatty who,
3: who's replacing him. <laughs> yeah.
2: And you have K State, Auburn, and uh, Georgia. Yeah, I'm a little in, concerned. In the first, uh, in Florida, in the first like six games, so it's it's going to be a tester out of the gate. So, but even with that said, I'm all for just like okay, give the coach time to get his program in. Yep. Do not respond to social media. I'd like to say that to businesses. I'd like to say that to political parties, political special interest groups, media outlets. Do not respond to nameless, faceless, angry people on social media. There is my message for the day, Jackson. I see I've gone 17 and a half minutes, so I know I got a break. Yep. I know I got a break. Good message. Thank you so much. All right, we'll take a break. It's bloom party one one
3: we are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN, 1041 in St. Louis. is time check brought to you by. Clarkson Jewelers, uh, and you are welcome to get involved on in the show, 65780. Uh, do not respond to bad people on social media, but yet you encourage people to
1: send mean texts to Jackson. It's the 314. Ah, oh, my dad's back. <laughs> he texts in often. He sure does. Any t- supportive text, i would uh, be pop. What do we say,
2: Jackson? One for me, one for them. This is one yeah. for me. Okay. If you think... <laughs> And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You can fill in the rest. Yeah. And if you don't, if you can't fill in the rest, this just probably isn't for you. Yep. 65780 is how you can text in Air Comfort Service text line. That's how you can get involved on this show. Uh, I, you know, I don't talk golf on the show and it's by design. Now you talk about your passion mm-hmm. and I recognize a lot of people are into the NBA. hmm uh, golf is certainly what I – playing-wise, it's my passion, um, really an addiction, I think. I think there probably should be an intervention, but I, I, I recognize most people don't care about it. But this, this is a discussion that includes politics, socioeconomic element, and it is a monster shakeup in the sports world, and that is what is going on with the Live Golf Tour. And this morning, more news as ESPN now reporting that uh, U.S. Open winner 2020 U.S. Open winner Bryson DeChambeau is leaving the PGA Tour and going to the Live Golf Tour, and 2018 Masters winner uh, and fan favorite Patrick Reed is going to leave the PGA Tour and go to. The Live Golf Tour. Phil Mickelson also did this a couple days ago. Dustin Johnson, the bigger name uh, as far as recent champions go. Uh, And active. I mean, Mickelson, of course, winning the PGA last year. Point being, the Live Golf Tour is taking away some PGA players. Now, one of the core questions, and I ask the audience this, that I think is actually being concocted as a PR play by the PGA Tour is to call it the Saudi golf league yeah it's called the live golf league right and i'm not pro saudi arabia i don't know who really is but you know at least in our listening audience but but saudi arabia has been involved in sports and also business uh it's just not necessarily put out front like the pga tour is doing to try in my opinion to to keep them from being competition and so a number of players who aren't nearly as high-profile as the guys I listed have already decided to go over there because they are getting ridiculous money. Michael Wellington is a friend of mine. Uh, he's played on some mini-tours, and he caddied for Chris Nagel, who's a St. Louisan who qualified for the U.S. Open, on Monday in Columbus, Ohio. And Wellington was on TMA this morning, and he said they were with some PGA Tour players on Saturday. And uh, Kevin Na, who is a middle-of-the-road PGA Tour player, and that's not a shot at Kevin Na, Uh, he is getting, and this has not been reported up until Wellington said this this morning, he's getting $30 million from the Live Golf Tour to go play there. Uh, To put it in perspective, in his 20-year PGA Tour career, he has made $37 million. So to go there, they're essentially doubling his earnings with a stroke of a pen that he has made over the last 20 years. So a number of players are going to go over there. I am not anti-competition. I'm Mm -hmm. pro-competition. I think the way the PGA Tour is handling this screams to me a tell that they are concerned about it. What I would tell you, though, based on what I saw yesterday with the introduction and the drafting, their teams, uh, is that this thing is, is, at the moment, incredibly hackneyed. It is really poorly put together. Saw saw USGA Commissioner Mike Wan doing an interview yesterday, and he was talking about something that I would agree with as somebody who has started businesses and still owns and operates businesses, and it's really easy to start a business easy to start a business it's it, you can buy a domain for $19.95 that's what I spent on InsideSTL.com in August of 2005 Jackson Yep. Uh, you can get investors and even if you can't get investors you can especially right now you can take out a, a loan on your home whatever the case might be you can start it but then talk to me about a year in and see how things are going and what I saw yesterday from this live golf tour and the logos and the names it's just hack yep. it's hack and so what I would be curious on is if all of these guys, Dustin Johnson getting $120 million, uh, Phil Mickelson reportedly $200 million, and as I said, Kevin Nah $30 million, did they get this money up front? You know, it's wonderful when you can get this stuff on paper, but if it's not personally guaranteed, you know, have fun litigating against MBS. Uh, I'd like to see where that, where the contract says that that jurisdiction is for litigation. So I wonder what this thing will be like a year from now. And I'm not saying I'm against it. I want to make that clear. Chris Nagel, who we had on the show and who's a St. Louisan, went to Marquette High School. Played in the U.S. Open at Shinnecock in 2018. They were a group ahead of Mickelson when he stopped the ball from rolling on the 13th green, a famous moment in U.S. Open history when Mickelson was frustrated. Uh, they witnessed that. And he said, yeah, if they offered it to me, I'd take it in a heartbeat. I'm 40 years old. They're almost 40 years old, and I have three kids. I'm, I'm going to take that. He's grinding right. it out on, on, you know, mini tours. It doesn't have status on the Corn Ferry. The question I have for those listening, are you against it? because of the Saudi ties or are you for it do you do you look at Phil Mickelson now differently do you look at Dustin Johnson now differently if somebody like Ricky Fowler who unlike Patrick Reed unlike Bryson DeChambeau uh is is a likable face I mean Ricky Fowler has more endorsements uh relative ratio to winnings over the last few years he's really been struggling does that change your mind where are you on this thing
1: Well, yeah, I think that a lot of these guys, you can say this that, or the third about where the money's coming from, but at the end of the day, they got to do what's best to take care of their families and their families from years behind. So they got to, a lot of these guys got to do it. Plus, I think a lot of them have been somewhat frustrated by the PGA Tour and the way things have been run for quite some time. I know Phil has been very outspoken about that. And this is a great opportunity for them to essentially jump ship, make more money, and kind of innovate from within out, and not have to worry about a lot of things. And they can still play in the majors as of now.
2: Uh, that's a key, and I think, Jackson, that's why you got the Patrick Reed and yep. Bryson DeChambeau news. Yep. They were waiting on the U.S. Open, and the U.S. Open yesterday said, we are not going to change the rules for being in the field for this year right. when guys had already qualified. And in the yep. case of DeChambeau and P. Reed, they might have wanted to make sure they could play the U.S. Open, and once they gave them the green light, they're like, okay, Here we you're go. in. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Ricky Fowler, I saw Ricky Fowler being interviewed Monday. He missed qualifying for the U.S. Open. He had about a six-foot putt. On 18, and he just lipped it out, so he didn't qualify for the U.S. Open. He's the first alternate out of the Jupiter qualifier. And Fowler said, I'm not ruling it out, but he still plans on being on the PGA Tour. But at the same time, Dustin Johnson distanced himself from it. Now he's playing in it. Uh, Deschambeau, if I'm not mistaken, distanced himself from it. Now he is yep. playing in yep. it per ESPN. Right. Uh, and this is the thing right here that is the key on the discussion. Golfers are private. This is a text. Golfers are private contractors. They can always play on the Euro and Asian tours anyway. What's the difference here? And that's kind of what you just said, uh, that this person who texted this in. That's one of the things, and understandably, I don't. I don't fault people for not knowing this. You all have jobs and families and responsibilities, and this just happens to be the thing I'm passionate about. Golfers are not employees. They're independent contractors, and so the PGA Tour litigating against them or suspending them or punishing them for not playing uh, on the PGA Tour and playing. This strikes me as a very precarious legal position to take as an independent contractor. Yeah. If they were employees, different deal, but they're independent contractors. So in other words, if you are a guy who's from St. Louis who I've gotten to know and have played golf with, Adam Long, um, if he shows up at an event like last week, he didn't make the cut, he loses money. Yeah. As weird as it sounds, because he has to spend money on travel, he has to spend money on you know housing, they, they don't get anything. Now, yeah. if you make the cut, you're making money. Sure. But if you don't, you're out. They're independent contractors. It's not like their salaries. A lot of guys, like Ricky Fowler, who has struggled, but you see him on commercial break after commercial break for a variety of advertisers, despite his struggles, that kind of operates as like a base salary. Yeah. But if you are not at the status of Ricky Fowler, and very few are, you know it's it's actually a kind of difficult way to make a living unless you're one of the top handful of guys. And so what this tour is doing is, number one, they're going to play 54 holes, live the Roman numerals, L-I-V, which is attractive. You're guaranteed to get through the weekend because it's team golf and you make the cut, and you're guaranteed a bunch of money. The thing that I don't understand is what the long-term play is for this. And what I saw yesterday, and maybe I'm off the mark, what I saw yesterday screamed of a group of people who were told about, they're just handing money out, man. And with the exception of Taylor Gooch, who I realize is a name most people don't know, but he's an up-and-coming American player. Most of the guys who are playing over there, their best days are behind them, uh, unless they're an amateur who hasn't gotten on the tour yet. Most of the big names you know of, their best days are behind them, most likely. And they just threw it together, and they're doing this draft, and the names are just ridiculous, and the logos are embarrassing. And, and I'm sure Dustin Johnson had to be introduced to the guys he was drafting because he probably had never heard of them before. And so when I look at that, not just looking at it as it's kind of funny, it makes me go, I don't know. I think the idea could work, but the execution and the infrastructure, at least in the short term, looks very shaky. Either way, this is a shakeup. For the world of golf, yeah, big this time. is a significant shakeup for the world of golf. We've seen leagues try and challenge the big boys, of course, USFL more recently, XFL, uh... but this, this, this is getting some of the big names away because they are independent contractors. So, a uh, number of people texting in saying they would take the money. Good for these golfers jumping to the Live Tour, get the money while you can. All you high road types calling this blood money, how are we getting? Are people listening to another show? <laughs> All you high-road types calling this blood money, it might be, but what about all of the golf equipment manufactured in China? Let's not pretend like golf isn't built on the back of some pretty sketchy practices to begin with. It's from Wheeler 636. Yeah, we, we didn't say that. I mean, I, maybe maybe he's talking about media, who's calling it that? But I really do think that that one of the elements of this whole story is that there are golf people who, I don't want to say they're bought and paid for because that would make it like they're getting paid for it, but if you want access we're going to need you to speak it's out against this thing. It's kind yeah. of understood. Mm-hmm. And I wonder about that because the NBA is in business with China and Saudi Arabia is all over the EPL in Europe.
0: Yep.
1: You know? and, and, and people are saying, well, is that money sustainable? Uh, Manchester City, who was run by Saudi Arabian money, spent $1.1 $1. 1 billion on their team this year, and they'll do it again next year.
2: So that's that's the money the, sustainable. That's, and, and they're involved in American business as well. Uh, But this is, like I said, this is a PR spin to try to keep the competition away. What I would tell the PGA Tour is based on what I saw yesterday, you don't have anything to be worried about. Mm -hmm. That was so stunningly hack. Even you you couldn't watch it, even if you wanted to watch it. It really, I don't know, it just looked like it's like, okay, now what do we do? It's like the end of The Graduate where Dustin Hoffman looks at Elaine and goes, okay, we just beat the adults, but. Now what do we do? Uh, 65780. You're welcome to text in. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
3: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Final segment of Balloon Party, and it's going to be quick. Just a lot of bad time management here. (laughs) And that's done by me but i blame jackson yeah i hope bad. that's leadership i hope that's considered leadership i think people
1: know that you know
2: because i want people to text in hatred toward you it's my fuel though jackson can't wait for your half-ass ivy league fun with audi segment i don't know i guess my mission was accomplished though because that's what the, what's at the top of the air comfort service tax i think he's
1: talking about what your grandma think which we haven't done yeah. I guess, uh, the, Tim, the listeners cycle on, they cycle they off. Do. I,
2: well, either way, I would like to give that uh, text of the day. I don't All know right. if we're giving it away. BK and Ferrario up next. Enjoyed the conversations. Today, I always do. Uh, anything you'd like us to discuss, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101
3: ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.